Come with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 to 3. And the reason is so that when you don't have this atmosphere and when you're alone, you still have programmed your mind to receive God's word through those scriptures. Okay? Uh, so if you're with me, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 to 3, just read with me. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins. And you were dead. It is past tense today. It doesn't say today, but it says past tense, right? It's past tense. And you were dead. You are not dead. You were dead, right? Verse 2, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. At one instance, he's saying that you were dead, but then he says, you once walked. How can a dead man walk? Are you dead or are you walking? Huh? See, see what it says. In which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So you were dead. Right? You were dead. And when you were dead, you used to walk according to a spirit. There was a spiritual power that was acting upon you and you used to follow that influence. Is that what it says? Yeah? That spirit is still acting right now in the sons of disobedience. Who are the sons of disobedience? The sons of disobedience are ones who have not received the Holy Spirit, who have not received Jesus. Okay? So Paul here says, you were dead. This is your past reality, not your present reality. So tell somebody today, hey, you're no longer dead. It's a past thing. Move on. Just, just as you move on from a breakup, move on. <laughs> it's a past reality. Okay? It's not your present reality. But what, what did you do in your past? You once walked. You followed the course of this world, followed the prince of the power of the air. You were influenced. You were influenced. You were dead. Dead meaning you were not alive to God. Your past reality was, hey, worship God. You, you could not do it. You can't expect a dead person to worship. You can't expect a dead person to pray. You can't expect a dead person to read scriptures. Why? Because you were dead. Because you were dead, you were so heavily influenced by the power of the devil. So influenced that you could not think of any other thing. I want you to imagine this, okay? Because this is Paul talking about a past reality. A reality that existed for us in the past before we accepted Jesus. That we were dead in our sins. We were dead in our trespasses. That there was no other reality other than sins and trespasses. We were breathing and living and walking in sins and trespasses under the influence of the devil. Inside of us, there was sin. And we were living in a realm of sin. And we were, we were, we were ruled over by a power of death. Do you see that, right? Verse 3. Among whom we all once lived 
in the passions of our flesh carrying out the desires of the body and the mind and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind what is our past reality our past reality that was that we were so hostile to god it was not like god was hostile to us we were children of wrath because we were hostile to god romans chapter 8 says the flesh does not submit to god it is hostile to god so these passions and these desires of our mind and our body is always hostile to god say with me the passions and desires of my mind and body are hostile to god they are always hostile to god it is only the spirit it is only the spirit that is in you that submits to god a mind and a body by default in its by in its default nature is hostile to god the desires my default desires are hostile to god that's what paul says in corinthians he says i discipline my body i discipline my body i bring it under subjection i bring my mind under subjection are you listening to this what i'm saying see this is a past reality this is who we were before we accepted jesus that we were in a reality which was surrounded by sin inside was sin outside was sin everything that we did was sinful why because we were influenced by powers and principalities influenced by powers of the enemy that was our past reality right but verse 4 say with me but god okay but god you know those two words are enough to change everything you were dead in your sins and trespasses doesn't matter you were influenced by the power of the devil does not matter those two words are the most important words but god doesn't matter what your past was but god doesn't matter what you have done but god doesn't matter what you just thought right now but god but god what does it say but god being rich in mercy but god being rich in wrath does it say that it says but god being rich in mercy he is rich in mercy extravagant mercy is overflowing from him that's his being he is the being of mercy he is rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us so what is his being his being is rich in mercy what is his motivation the motivation is great love verse 5 even when we were dead in our trespasses made us alive together with christ no matter what your past was in spite of your past in spite you called yourself the enemy of god in spite that you were hostile to god in spite of all of that Paul says verse 5 even when we were dead he made us alive he made us alive he made us alive together with Christ not just that he made you alive verse 6 says he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus 
He just did not just make you alive and say, hey, now you decide what you want to do. He made you alive. He raised you up. And as Jesus was raised up and he ascended to the throne, you and me were raised up and were seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This, this verse is not talking about something that is going to happen. This is something that has already happened. It is a reality that has already happened that you were raised up with him. When Jesus died on the cross, you died with him. When Jesus was raised up, you were raised up with him. When Jesus ascended and he was seated, you were seated with him. How? How is that possible? I was not even born when Jesus died for me. How is that possible? Ephesians 1 4 says, He chose us before the foundations of the world to be holy and blameless in Christ. How, how could He do this? In Christ. That's the key. In Christ. How did I die? In Christ. That's why even before I was born, I was dead in Christ. How was I made alive? In Christ. Even before I was born, I was in Christ. The beauty of the gospel is, the beauty of the gospel is, you know, I always thought the gospel began when Adam sinned, right? When Adam sinned, he fell. God had to think of the gospel. The beauty of the gospel is get that even before Adam sinned, even before you were lost in Adam, God found you in Christ. He knew you by your name. He knew you, the, he knew the assignment that was upon your life. That's why it says you were chosen before the foundations of the world. You were not even born, but he knew you by your name. You existed in the heart of the Father. That's why you died in Christ. That's why you're made alive in Christ. That's why you're raised up in Christ and you're seated in Christ. Now the problem is, where is Christ seated? Where is Christ seated? Let's, let's read that verse, okay? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 21. This is where Christ is seated. Ephesians 1, 21 says, Far above, Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Where is Christ seated? He's seated far above. Paul is not just saying far. He's saying far above. It's like you can't even compare where Christ is seated and you can't even compare to the names that your enemies have. You can't even compare to the names of the problems that you have. Every problem that you have has a name, right? Has a name. You call it depression. You call it um, anxiety. You call it the fear of the future. You call it uh, addiction. You, you can call it anything. But Jesus is seated far above all of that. Far above. Far above every name that is to be named. Far above every rule and authority. Far above every power and dominion that can touch you today. And Paul says in Romans chapter, oh sorry, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2 that you are seated with him. With him as in you have the same position as Christ. Nothing below. 
not above, but you have the same position as Christ. Why? Because you are in Christ. You are found in Christ. So where are you seated? If Christ is seated far above all power, all authority, all rule and dominion and every name that is to be named, where are you seated? Where are you seated? You're seated with him. So say with me, I am seated with Christ far above all power, all rule and authority. Now, you said it. You said it, right? So why are you depressed? Why are you depressed? Why are you anxious? Why are you worried about your future? Why are you worried about getting sick? Why are you worried about your parents? Why are you worried about getting married? Why are you worried about that boyfriend, that girlfriend, who, who you think is but is not, is imaginary? Why? I'm asking you why. If you are seated with Christ and you are far above all of these things, why are you bothered today by these petty things of the world? Why? You want to know why? You want to know why? Because we haven't moved on from our past. The past has moved on from us, but our mind hasn't moved on from our past. Have you met people who are heartbroken? They were, they were heartbroken 30 years ago. But they're still living in the reality of that brokenness even today. Why? Because even though their body has moved from that past, their mind is still there. So what I want to tell you is, your spiritual reality will not change. And your spiritual reality does not is not affected by your choices. You know why? Because, <laughs> because it was never your choice that you were seated with him. It was his grace that you were seated with him. And because it was his grace, there's nothing that you can do to unseat yourself. There's absolutely nothing. Your spiritual reality will always remain that you are far above every power, every rule, and every authority. Your spiritual reality will always be that. So imagine with me right now that your spirit right now is seated with Christ at the right hand of God. Imagine with me right now. Can you imagine? Is that possible? Does that stretch the boundaries of your mind? <laughs> that you're seated with Christ and all the problems that you're facing, okay, all the problems that you're facing, you are seated above them. You're in a better position. All the problems, any overwhelming issue that you have in your life, just imagine with me right now, that you're seated far above, not just above, far above. You're seated far above all of these issues. Your spiritual reality, this position will not change. Where is your body right now? Your body is here in Gitorni, in Delhi. Your body is on the earth. But your spirit is seated with Christ at the right hand of God. The choice that you need to make today, the choice that you need to make today is where is your mind? Is your mind here on the earth or is your mind in your spiritual reality?
A lot of people do not move on from their past is because their mind has not moved on. Their mind is still there. Devil has still has influence over us because our mind hasn't really moved from our past reality. So the devil comes and tells you, hey, are you, are you sure? Are you sure Jesus has delivered you from the sin when you're still struggling with the sin? Are you sure Jesus has healed you from the sickness when you're still struggling with the sickness? Are you sure that you're forgiven? Are you sure? Are you sure that your future is, is not messed up? What is the devil doing? He's using your past experiences to influence your present. That's why it's important to let go of the past. To let go of the past and to fix our mind on your spiritual reality that is there. See, again and again, Paul says like this. Okay, turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Let's read that verse. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Romans 12 verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For transformation to happen, transformation begins first with your mind. Any kind of transformation that needs to happen, it needs to begin in your mind. And to begin in our mind, the transformation to begin in our minds, we have first stop being conformed to the patterns of this world. Meaning, we have, we have to first stop dissociating ourselves with our past reality. We have to disconnect ourselves from this identity that we, we have acquired from our past reality. That's not who you are. You're done. That past reality is dead. It should not have any hold over you because you've been crucified with Christ. So even if you have murdered someone in that sense, Okay, that past reality is done, it's crucified, it's taken care of. You're a new creation. You're new. So let not your past reality, let not the memory, let, don't let the devil use your memory against you. You know, a lot of times what stops us from learning God's word and stops us from learning God's revelations is our past memory and experiences. Is that experiences? So when you, when you read a word, you don't get the juice, the revelation out of it because you still haven't moved on from your past and you still haven't opened yourself to God saying, Lord, I am willing to be stretched. You know, we keep on validating these scriptures based on our experiences. But instead, we should validate our experiences based on the scriptures. If we keep validating the scriptures based on our experiences, we are, we are actually watering it down. We are bringing the level of the scriptures down to our level of experiences. Rather, if we validate these experiences by the scriptures, we'll also be lifted up to the same glory that this word has. 1 John 2.15 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. Why is John being so adamant? He says, do not love the world. He's not talking about don't love the worldly people. He's not saying that. He's talking about age. Do not love this age. Do not love this culture of this age. Do not love this human traditions, the human philosophies. Don't get too much into it so much that it gets into your head, that it separates you from your spiritual position that you have in Christ. That is what he's saying. 
See, when Jesus looked at Peter and he rebuked him, get away from me, devil, get away from me, Satan, what did he say? He said, you're being influenced by the devil. Why? Because you are thinking like a man. Your mind is on man thoughts than on godly thoughts. So either you are influenced by demonic thoughts or you are influenced by godly thoughts. There is no middle ground. What we call as human philosophies, human traditions, human thoughts and ideas, they are all demonic. Either it's godly or it's demonic. That's what the word of God says. And I especially want to talk to you people who are influenced, you know, who are out there in the world, who meet people and who listen to these amazing ideas and philosophy. I want to talk to you, especially to you. You have to be careful not to let those philosophies take away the essence of the scripture that has been put in you. Are you hearing me? That's why, that's why these scriptures has to be esteemed high. Not, oh, this and one of my other philosophy book. It has to be esteemed so high that you can't even compare any other philosophy book. That you don't use the philosophies of the world to validate the scriptures and understand, use it as a lens to understand the scriptures. It will not make sense. A spiritual Mind can only understand spiritual truth. A natural mind cannot. It's a mistake that we do. That we, we learn all of these philosophies from the world. And we try to see in the Bible. Oh, the Bible also says this. Wow. Bro, the Bible said it first. Esteem the truth from the scriptures high more than anything else. I think it is Psalms 138 or 139. Verse 2 says... The Lord has esteemed his word above his name. If the name of the Lord is the highest authority, he has esteemed his word above his name. Like what I'm trying to say is even God values this. Even God values the word more than his name. And if we start to value these human philosophies and these traditions that look so inclusive and wow, equality and so good, we're losing it. We're losing it. Even though we are spiritually, our position is in Christ. Since our mind is so caught up, is so twisted, we will be so caught up in the patterns of the world. Ask ourselves. Let's ask ourselves. Where is our mind today? Is our mind stuck to human, man-made philosophies that captivates us? Or is our mind stuck in the spiritual reality that we are seated with Christ? Read with me Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. If then... It starts with a condition. If then you have been raised with Christ. Are you raised with Christ, guys? Are you sure? Okay. If then you have been raised with Christ, see what Paul says. Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. 
Paul is giving us a warning. It's a commandment. It's not. It's not like a. It's it's not a convenient choice that you can make. Oh, you know, yeah. If possible, do this. No. If you have been raised with Christ, set your mind on things of above. Do you want to live like Jesus? My question. You want to live like Jesus. You want to experience the reality that Christ has. Do you want to? Do you want to enjoy everything that that God has for you? Then set your mind on things of above. Because even though you are seated with Christ, it is quite possible that because you are on this world, you are interacting with through your eyes and through your ears with what you see and with what you hear. It is possible that you are so caught up in the world that you have forgotten that you have actually forgotten. You just know it as a concept. Yeah, I am seated with Christ, but it's not a reality that burns in you. It's not a reality that drives you through. So this is not a teaching session. Please understand, it's an impartation. If you can catch the spirit of the word, you can catch the reality. You are seated with Christ. You are seated with Christ. Now see, now see. If I was the devil, and I see that you are seated with Christ, that means you are seated far above. And if I am the devil, I know that I can't do anything to change that spiritual reality. I can't do anything. I can't even touch you. Why? Because you're far above. So what can I do? The only thing that I can do is influence your mind by thoughts and emotions and bring that experiential reality down. And that's all that he does. See, right now, if you close your minds and I tell you, think about US. Can you think about US? Can you imagine US? Can you imagine a beach? Can you imagine being on the waters? Can you imagine that? That means that even though you are here right now in the church, you're still you're experiencing a beach in your mind, and that's what the devil does. Even though you're seated with Christ far above, he can make you experience things that you don't want to experience. And we say, Lord, why? And God is like, Why? Because He has done everything that He has to do. You know the biggest blessing that you and me have in Christ is that we are seated far above. That's the biggest blessing that He has lifted us up. You know in Deuteronomy chapter twenty-eight, I love this verse. Deuteronomy chapter twenty-eight, verse one. It says, "And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all His commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth." What will God do? He will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Now, see, verse two says, "And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you." You want the overtaking blessings of God. You want the overflowing blessings of God. Here's the good news, guys: you're already set high above all nations. And if you can teach your mind to stay on the reality of these scriptures, that you are seated high, far above every power, every rule, and every dominion, these overtaking blessings of God will overtake you. Will overtake you. God wants us to live in a reality where His blessings are over overtaking us. He wants us to live in a reality where the grace of God is so much overflowing that we are. 
we, we cannot even overcome his grace. That I cannot stop worshipping you, Lord. I cannot stop praying, O oh Lord. I cannot stop praising you, Lord. I cannot stop giving thanks to you for your grace is so immense. Can we be in a reality? I'm asking you, can we be in a reality where we can move from survival into ruling? Can we be in a reality where we are, we are, where we are you know, 500 rupees is what I earned today. That's all that I have. Can we move from that into, oh, to whom can I be a blessing today? It's not just a change of attitude. Please understand, it's not just a change of attitude. We're not talking about... Giving, I'm not giving a motivational speech. Please understand that. I'm talking, you about, I'm talking to you about a reality that can flood your minds. Let the word of God flood our hearts and our minds. To know that we are, we are no longer caught up in these situations. We are seated far above every power. You know, when David and Goliath were fighting in the physical, they were fighting at the same level. They were in the same valley and they were fighting. Even though Goliath was huge, David, David was small, they were fighting in that same level. In the physical, it will look like you are in the same level. But in the spiritual, David was far above. Why? Because he was more conscious of the God who was with him. Today where your mind is will define what your reality is. If your mind is on the earth, you will see that the enemy is big. That these problems are so overwhelming. That these issues never stop. But if your mind is on Christ, you will see, oh, I'm far above. Why am I even bothered? I, I love this statement that once this preacher made. He said, I was sleeping the other night and I woke up and I saw the devil and I said, oh, it's you. And I slept again. Did he get the crux of the matter? It didn't matter to him. Why? Because he knows his positional reality. It shouldn't matter to you who's coming against you. It shouldn't matter to you what problems you're facing. They are like, yeah, I'm far above them. Every solution flows from my life. I'm, I'm called to be in this place to be a blessing. Is there darkness right now? Oh, wow, awesome. Why? So that I can become the light. Is there violence right now? Oh, wow, it's great. So that I can release the peace of God. Is there chaos right now? Wow, great. So that I can release the order of God. I can say God's righteousness and everything is justified. Everything is made right. Amen. Do you know why the devil attacks you? The devil attacks you so that you will forget that you are seated high. The devil will throw thoughts at you, will throw thoughts from your past, will throw thoughts from the stuff that you have done. So he'll throw you guilty thoughts, condemnation thoughts, shameful thoughts, just to tell you, you're not worth it, bro. You're seated high, far above. That's not who you are. This is where you are. You're in Gitorni. You can't even pay your rent. Remind yourself, you're seated far above every power. I have no idea how many times I would have meditated on this. And you know, this verse, that God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, oh gosh, 
even when we were dead in our trespasses he made us alive together he raised us up he seated us with him this reality has so many times flooded my minds that there are times when i have you know when i have stood tall when everything else seems falling apart when everything else seems hopeless i've stood tall and i've said i am god's child this is who i am this is my identity i am seated it doesn't matter it doesn't matter i may be in the middle of the storm it doesn't matter see when you pray from that place of being seated high my goodness the power that you experience instantly when you speak god's word from that place that you're seated high the effect is different when you worship knowing that you're seated high but you're still worshiping god laying your crowns and you say lord i know that you have you have raised me up and gave me an equal seating but i want to lay all my crown and i want to worship you it's a different experience that place of brokenness is different so don't fight for victory fight from victory don't pray for victory don't pray for deliverance don't pray for healing don't pray for peace don't pray for clarity fight pray worship from peace from clarity from strength because that's where you are even before you have made the prayer you have to believe that the prayer has been answered see all that the devil wants to do is to make you lose your confidence he just wants you to make you lose your confidence that's why paul says in ephesians 6 you know when he's talking about spiritual warfare he says stand firm stand firm have you seen a soldier standing firm a soldier moves when he is fighting he moves paul is saying stand firm don't move stand firm stand firm on what the lord has done for you stand firm on the finished work of christ stand firm that you are seated with christ far above every power every rule every authority don't let anything change that position stand firm stand firm there was a house that got uh, that caught on fire and the father was getting his children out and the father said stay in this grass because this grass has already been burnt up so stay in this grass because once the grass has been burnt up it cannot be burnt again what the lord has done in your life where in every area of your life that you are fighting know that the lord has become vict- has become victorious he has gotten you the victory so he's saying hey stand here because this is where i have won the battle for you i have won the victory for you don't move don't flinch just stand here resting in my presence resting in the goodness of the lord knowing that i am good knowing that i have taken care of it that's why he's a god who can say in the beginning he can you know call out things that that has not even happened he can bring things into existence why because <laughs> he has done it all before the foundation of the world and he's saying stand firm stand firm stand firm this is the victory that i've got for you stand firm hebrews chapter 4 verse 11 says 
strive to enter into rest. Strive. Such an oxymoron statement. Strive to enter into rest. But this is what he's saying. You know, the devil will come at you with thoughts which will try to boggle you down, which will try to put you down. But strive to enter into this rest. This rest is your inheritance. It's your rightful place that you're seated far above every power, every rule, every authority. Strive. See, we don't have to pray to worship, to read God's word and to hear the sermon to fight. But you know, sometimes you need all of these to strive into entering his rest. It's only in our mind that we are fighting. Spiritual reality is taken care of. You know, Jesus told Mary. In fact, he was telling Martha about Mary. You're worried about many things. Look at one another and say, you're worried about many things. Come on. You're worried about many things. But one thing is needful. And that is what Mary is doing and it will not be taken away from her. You know what Mary was doing? She was seated at the feet of Jesus. Being seated at the feet of Jesus is seated far above all power, all rule and authority. Be seated at the feet of Jesus. You know, when the worship was going on, I got this verse from Isaiah chapter 60, verse 13. Listen to this, what it says. The glory of Lebanon shall come to you, the cypress, the plain, and the pine, to beautify the place of my sanctuary. And I will make the place of my feet glorious. The Lord is saying, I will make the place of my feet glorious. So stay at the feet of Jesus because God has determined in his heart to make the place of his feet glorious. Glorious. Amen. Three reasons why you should sit at the feet of Jesus. Because it allows us to hear from God first. That's the first one. Second, it helps us to recognize who we are. Why? Because since we know who he is, it helps us to recognize who we are. Third, it also shows a sense of great trust and humility. Why should you sit at the feet of Jesus? So that you can hear God first. More than all the voices of the world, more than all the human philosophies and uh, movies and YouTube and all of that, you can hear God first. And when you hear God first, as you hear Him, you also begin to know who you are because God tells you who you are. Sam, this is what you thought about yourself. Let me tell you who you are. Because I created you. I know you better than you know yourself. So let your identity be defined by what you hear from the Lord, not by what you see and hear. When you do that, when you do that with great trust and humility, my goodness, you can, all, you can be like being invincible because Jesus is invincible. Isn't it amazing to be seated at the feet of Jesus? To be seated at the feet of Jesus. If we can consciously make efforts in our lives, you know, to strive into that place of rest, strive 
to be seated at the feet of Jesus so that our hearts and our emotions and the thoughts that we have, these wavering thoughts, you know, if we can, if we can discipline them to sit at the feet of Jesus, your, your experience, what you call as life, your life will be as if you're operating from the throne room. You will not be striving, you'll be ruling. You'll not be surviving, you'll be reigning. You'll not be in shame, you'll be in glory. How many of you want that? Yeah? Come on, close your eyes with me. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you have done for us on the cross and through your resurrection. That you have made us alive, raised us up, and seated us with you in the heavenly places. Far above every power, every rule, and every authority, and every name that is to be named. So Father, we thank you for this. But we take a moment to humble ourselves and to say that we, we choose to sit at your feet. We choose to sit at the feet of Jesus. We choose to sit at the feet of Jesus to hear what you have to say more than what the world has to say. And Father, even as I speak this, whoever is listening, I release them from the bondages of the devil. And I restore their hearing. I restore their spiritual hearing right now that they will listen to your voice. Because your word says, my sheep hears my voice. I pray that you will restore their ears, their spiritual capacity of hearing your voice. That they will not be distracted by the world, they will not be distracted by human, man-made deceitful philosophies. But listen to your voice. Listen to your voice. Not to follow the passions and desires of our mind and body but to listen to your voice, to be led by your spirit. For those who are led by the spirit are called sons of God. And I declare in this place that no longer we will be struggling to be mature Christians, but we will behave and we will experience, our experience will be mature sons and daughters of God. Mature sons and daughters of God. So we set our mind on things of above. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.